Hey kids, this is Aaron from the podcast that wouldn't die. And Kevin and I use Zencaster. You think you're better than us, that you're using something else? You're wrong. Zencaster's the place to be. Who are you to deny it? It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. Log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with your guests. Feel a sense of zen knowing Zencaster's multi-layered backups ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. If you thought about podcasting before and realized that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code DIEHARD and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. We want you to have the same experiences we do for all our podcasting and content needs. It's time for you to share your story. Only a fool will give up a chance for a 30% discount. They are the game changers, leaders, celebrities, advocates, outliers, newsmakers, underdogs, survivors. What do you have in common with all of them? A lot. Find out only on Reppin, where you'll meet notable people, people you think you know. You'll find out who they really are, what they show up for, and what they represent. destructive force unleashed on this town such as I have never seen. Oh my god, I don't believe this is not happening! We have got a poltergeist! Okay, well, folks, I can do a clearance, but uh, it's not gonna be cheap. Although I do offer a six-month guarantee. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast That Wouldn't Die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, Zarin. Good day. This week, we're discussing the horror comedy classic, The Frighteners, starring Michael J. Fox, Jake Busey. Who else is in this thing? D. Wallace. D. Wallace Stone at the time. It's an all-star cast. And oh, what's his name? Jeffrey Combs, Brother Bear. Jeffrey Combs is in this. John Astin. And it was directed by uh, Peter Jackson, one of his earlier efforts. For goodness sake. So good times had by Wait, all. Gomez Adams is in this? Who's Go- Who's Gomez playing? He plays the old ghostly judge character who's shooting things Dude, up. Dude, I, I never put that together. <laughs> I never, never, never put that together. He's heavily made up. Let's just say oh, that. Oh, you think? Yeah. You think? Shocking. I didn't even recognize his voice, though. I mean, that's that's fascinating. Well, it's got his, like, half a jawbone is, like, hanging out. It was kind of upsetting. But you figure I would pick up his voice. I mean, I, I did see a lot of Adam's family. They were just cooler than the, you know. Than the, the Munsters? Mm-hmm. I have to say, and I've said this before, I grew up with the Munsters. The Munsters were on every Sunday throughout my childhood. The Adam's oh, family. Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I never saw the Adam's family on TV. I think it was, like, 
when I was in college. Then we got started to get TBS, and then you saw reruns of The Addams Family on TBS. I never saw Addams Family before that. I, I always take a different path, my friend, and I did not watch them, The Addams Family, growing up. I I did read the comics, not the comics, but you know. Mm-hmm. Comic strip or whatever it was. The comic strip or whatever the F it, F it is. I thought they were sexier and cooler, but I grew up with the monsters. Uh, it's right. the same with Brady Bunch versus Partridge Family. I watched them all equally. I just thought Partridge Family was better. Well, it's interesting because I, I always wondered which one was a ripoff of the, of the other monsters or, or the Adams Family. Now, obviously, Adams Family comic strip or whatever was like new yorker magazine or something from right. before that um but the shows actually i think they were there's some they both came out at like practically this exactly the same time so hmm. who's to well, say one was campier than the other for sure just like the brady Bunch was campier than the partridge family but for sure uh the partridge family was ripping off Brady the Brady Bunch. Bunch. Absolutely. I mean, well, and, the and it was supposed to be the cow sills. It's supposed to be this whole other group of folks, but whatever. For sure, the Partridge family had uh, snappier songs. Better than, it's a sunshine day, everybody's smiling. <laughs> can, can you name one song by the cow sills? Shit. You know, I just watched this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> They do have a hit that if I played it, you would recognize it. Yes. You would recognize it. I just can't remember it because you've asked me a question while we're recording. So now I'm brain damaged. Lay it on. Lay it on. It was something like Park and the Wind and Other Things. Park and the Wind? Is that the title? That sounds like a Morrissey song. Yes. I'm I'm making it something like that. And again... This is a, a family band from what the early '60s. No one knows what the what the hell we're talking about. Nobody under the age of seventy five has any idea who the cow sills are. So there you no, go. I I know, know. I know this. Look it up. Oh, it's and a, I can hear laughing. It's something like that. No, that's not it. Shut your mouth! It's right oh, here on the web. It's the, all right. Here it is. We're go, we're going. To, Stop lying. I swear to God, if there's a motherfucking YouTube ad, I'm going to freak out. Yes, there is. This is good. This is a good pod, by the way. Smiling in the rain. Yes, what's the name of the song? (laughs) The rain, the park, and other things. See? So it wasn't the wind, it was the rain. The rain, the park, and other things. I hear laughter in the rain. Happy. Uh, okay. And it can make her happy, which does sound an awful lot like a Partridge Family song. <laughs> it does, indeed. Flowers everywhere. Each week yeah. on the podcast that would die, we do not discuss the Partridge Family, the Adams oh, Family, house bills, any other families. Uh, <laughs> we discuss guilty pleasures and forgotten classics of the. Let, let me let me let me hold you Please. on there. So the first half of our family, we we did have a like an hour where we were going to make our own band, and we were going to be like the Partridge Family, only to discover none of us know anything about music or playing an instrument or writing songs. And in the Dorney family, uh, yeah, well, we love to sing, and we will sing 
constantly. Six hour car drive. Six hours. I'll be like, da, 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 singing along. Not well, but that doesn't deter. Well, it's a thought that counts. Anywho, we discuss guilty pleasures and forgotten classics of the horror and sci-fi genre with a comedic twist, allegedly. So, Aaron, as long as I'm laughing, I entertain myself. I'll have you know. Clearly, clearly, doing better than the cow sills these days. Who can say? Who can say? I'm guessing not much is happening that way. That's true. That and they're 30 years older than me, so. I mean, mean, how's it going for the Partridge family or the Brady Bunch at this point? So, But they weren't a real family. The Partridge family was a fake family, and so were the Bradys. The Cowsills, real family. Well, well, you know, David Cassidy was working with his stepmother. That's that's kind of a family. That is true. That is true. (laughs) Shirley Jones. Again, Shirley Jones. What the hell we're talking about, for God's sakes. At this point, I have to assume they know what we're talking about because this is our our pattern of rambulation. True, true. And so nothing else going on with you? Should we just go home with the show then? I am rolling to a music festival and, you know, they've released the the set list. Me and the Cowsills. It's also going to be a bunch of other one-hit wonders from the late 60s, early 70s. Sounds good. Uh, it's a lot of decisions because, of course, they have put all these bands together that you want to see all at the same same time. B-52's Human League playing at the same time. Uh, Soft Cell versus She Wants Revenge. I really wanted to see that. OMD is up against X. I mean, what kind of bull crap is that? The only people not playing at the same time is New Order and Tears for Fears. So. So the entire concert venue will then be shoved over. And as they've all started doing, they now sell quadruple price tickets. And then they cut off half the stage for those people. So I'll be like 90 feet away, uh, perhaps out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, trying to get an eyeful of what's going on at this shit show so we'll see it's also supposed to be pouring rain and uh 50 degrees and it's at the beach so so we'll see it's the rain the park and other things and other things it'll make you happy 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 so that's the big big conundrum between me your your sisters your sister-in-law who is worthy of our time Oh, and I want to see the Wildland Fams, but anyway, that's that. Beautiful. And And then Thanksgiving. My wife and I, we're heading to to Vegas for a few days right before the uh, Thanksgiving season. So there you go. Kind of a swingers thing? Is it a convention? Is this a furry thing? (laughs) Not furry. We're just, I've often said, it's like, if we can get out of the house, and just kind of go away <laughs> and close the door. We can we can relax for a couple of days. We'll do a little gambling, you know what I'm saying? Walk around, see the the freaks come out at night. But it's mainly like, can we just chill for a bit? That's how we do. Yeah, Some good times. I I myself have booked a couple nights in Vegas uh, in the new year because we Sweet. have a late Christmas. 
So same same thing, same thing. Where I'm just gonna be there. I don't even know if I'm gonna gamble, right. but I'm gonna be far away from uh, all my responsibilities for a couple of days. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, let's get this train back on the tracks. Give us your thirty <laughs> seconds. <from now. laughs> I, I always see that. I always see that video of of the swarm where the train of uh, swarm of bees cause a, de- a train derailment, which often happens. Anyway. 30 seconds. Speaking Go. of train, whenever anything goes wrong at work, I just start with singing just just quietly. So if there's a quiet person near me, they know I'm just like, run away, train, run down the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite Long thing. Way. Like in an, an IEP is going wrong, I just start whispering, run away, train, run down the tracks. <laughs> That's good. To, now everyone's going to be looking for that cue. Anyway, go for so, it. So this is a little ditty we like to call the Frighteners with um, Michael J. Fox, who did does not irritate me at all. In fact, does some good acting in this. I want to put that out there. This is kind of like a take on that crazy stark weather situation. I mean, they've done a lot of movies based on that. Isn't that natural born killers too? Except this time, uh, the girl is now old, but she's been communing with her, her dead boyfriend who went to the electric chair and he's continuing his uh, killing spree from beyond the grave and michael j fox after an accident can now like commune with a ghost but now he's a boozer and uh all he does is send his little ghostly friends to f with people and so he can be a ghostbuster ghostbusters so it all happy ending la da 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 michael j fox never made another movie the end (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that. Uh, that's a good question. Because people, there was a period of time where it was Michael J. Fox is in the theaters. I mean, he was all over the place. You know what I mean? He was Teen Wolf. He was Back to the Future. He did a few uh, uh, dramatic turns in there as well. Yeah. Doc Hollywood. Go ahead. I wouldn't say he's a strong actor, but, I mean, he's a likable character, also right. small as a pixie. I'm sure if you lined up Frodo and everybody else and Tom Cruise, there would be a straight line. Line Billy across Barty, the police. Billy yes. <laughs> Barty. Mickey They're all Rooney. small as pixies. Uh, or as, uh, speaking of soft cell, sex dwarf, you know. He's on there as well. <laughs> Interesting. He's on there. <laughs> um, when, do you remember when you saw this the first time? No, I'm not sure if I saw. I don't think I saw it at the theater. This might be a blockbuster thing. And 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 I don't remember getting that great reviews, but I did remember enjoying it and being surprised that it didn't do better. It's funny. I saw this in the theater when it came out. Theater. Which was like <laughs> in 90, exactly. 94, I think there. Yes. Um, and then I haven't seen it since. Have really, I have honestly. This is almost like a creep show. For some reason, it's like always on. The only thing I don't care about this is the runny nose. Everybody has like a runny nose, and I don't care for that. 
<laughs> I think you, that's a that's a directing choice, or was the flu going around? This yeah, is yeah. What's what's question. up with that? It's like everybody, like in Silence of the Lambs, when they put like the whatever the. Vaseline or the Vicks vapor rub, and then you're having a dramatic scene, but you got like a greasy lip. Yes, no, that's the don't rule. Don't care for that. That's I worked with rule. little kids at one point. There was all kinds of things coming out of there, and I don't need to see that. I don't need to Absolutely. see that anymore. I understand. Secret of My Success. That was another Michael J. Uh, Never saw movie. it. I I mean going back I watched this uh Family Ties when during the pandemic we tried to force our kids to watch Family Ties with us they were not very receptive. He always plays the same character and it's it's kind of like that small man cocky character which I find a little irritating. Not small men, I don't find them irritating. <laughs> well everybody's it's that small compared cocky to you. Aaron. Attitude. Everybody's I'm sure there are, there are whole basketball teams that are taller than me that make me look like Michael J. Fox. But it's like there's a certain quality that some men of a smaller statue exude. And it's this kind of uh, arrogant cockiness. Did you say of a smaller statue? Statute. <laughs> Statute? So now it's a legal thing. Interesting. It should be a legal thing. Interesting. Stature, you bastard. We get there eventually. No, just, I, I was, just because I, you teach junior high English, don't mess with me. This is half the fun. I this is why you. I got into teaching. I cut uh, you. But well, not only that, I'm now I'm now working in a senior English class in high school. So, thank oh you. really? Good yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was reading the thing. Obviously, Family Ties. You didn't like Family Ties as much as I did. I thought Family Ties was like a seminal '80s sitcom. I remember um, watching it when it was on. It was huge. It was huge. Very much so. Um, yeah. But it was an ensemble show, and frankly, it was more initially. It was about the parents. Right. The parents were hippies. It was kind of that that thirty something big chill kind of thing where it's like, yeah. here are these people who were hippies. Um, but now it's the eighties and they kind of deal with the eighties consumerism, Reaganomics, things like that. They flip flop instead of having the hippie rebellious child. Of course they have a Reaganite child. Right. Because this is an 80s show. But as the show progressed, Michael J. Fox became very popular, very Mm -hmm. popular. Um, Mm -hmm. and I guess at one point the, like the studio executives wanted to change the, the intro. And lead off with Michael J. Like have him be like, family ties with Michael J. Fox. And he actually said no. Starring. Yeah. He said no. He him. actually, he turned it down. Now, that being said, he he can't control the, the scripts. So right. more and more of the script became the Michael J. Fox show and the parents. There was Meredith Baxter Burney, as she was known at the time, Michael Gross. One of them, like the parents worked for PBS. It was exactly what you think. Yes. It was, and which is a terrible name. Why wouldn't you have changed that? You know, come on. What? Um, What's a terrible name? Gross. Michael I Gross. I used, to live, I used to live next to people when I was in college whose last name was Pig. And that, that, two Gs. I, I knew that. I knew, I knew a pig as well. Uh, but there were multiple grosses since we're going off on this tangent. You had uh, Michael Gross, obviously. You had Mary Gross, who was on Saturday Night Live uh, yes. at the time. And uh, then there's Grossman. 
Well, that's true. These are all upsetting names. Anyway, <laughs> let's get it back. What are we talking about? Because authority is the prize of all names. Yes, yes, it is. So we're 20 minutes into the podcast. I don't think we've begun to touch the surface of the Frighteners. So I, I will right tell in? you, I have, I have seen the Frighteners so, as probably as many times as I have seen Creepshow. Because it's one of those things where obviously it's free for the networks to buy and show. Because it used to <laughs> always seem be? to be on. Why would it, it be always, free? No, I mean for them to acquire like, it, like it's in the public domain or something. I don't think it, it is it, in the public domain. For, for a long time, I swear to you, you could flip the dial and it would be playing somewhere. Interesting. Now, there was the like reason- the Indian crying and the Frighteners always on. The reason why I'm actually the one who said we should do the Frighteners, even though I hadn't seen it in 30 years, is because we had been on multiple podcasts in the last month or so where the Frighteners came up in conversation as people going, oh, I love the Frighteners. Frighteners. I, I, I believe I'm the, Frighteners. the one that brought it up every time. You as well. By Not- the way. Not I. Well, okay, maybe, maybe you. This is how I control you and your decision making because I just like will whisper. But whenever you you threw it out there, the reaction was always like, "Oh yes, absolutely, preach, sister." Right? And I'm like, I haven't seen this in 30 years, and I don't remember being that enthusiastic about it 30 years ago. So, all right. So then this will be interesting because I think it has like, like it has some layers, it has some twists. It's not, it's not scary. It's more of a, it's more adventure than scary. But they've there's some dark stuff. There's some special effects. I mean, you know, it's not effing Gandhi or anything. You're not gonna. (laughs) It's not Moonlight, but it's it's entertaining. It's interesting because I find this movie with, and I'm not gonna spoil my rating, but I think it's kind of a weird. I can already tell. I I, I can already tell. I'm not gonna spoil it, but let me. Three stars. That is a surprise, Kevin. (laughs) Well, it's it's like, because the ghosts for the, like the friendly ghosts are very, it's like almost like it's for kids. The way they're doing stuff. Like it's, it's like zany. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then when the the evil ghosts roll around, it's like, that would scare the hell out of real kid. You know, little kids watching this go, Ooh, it's fun. It's Casper. Now the Grim You're Reaper's like, on the loose. There's coming to get me. That's enough right there. <laughs> there is there is a Busey. Can I also say this is, this is the golden age of Jake Busey? There's a couple years there in the 90s where Jake was all over the place. I don't know why. Who's to say? I had no idea. I had no idea he was a Busey. Yep, absolutely. And- okay, let's, let's jump in. Aaron, what are your highlights? It was filmed in New Zealand, which made yep. me laugh because I was recently on a tirade about New Zealand, which seems like a perfectly fine place. But and why was it filmed in New Zealand? Because the director's from New Zealand, so they had to fly in the entire cast to do this? I, I'm assuming tax breaks because I, um, I I have to assume there's only like six people, including a girl named Mifanwi that I, I knew at Humboldt. And that's, that's it. Correct. So like her and five other people live in New Zealand. That's correct. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anything else? It's beautiful country, I hear. I, I mean, I, I would I would go. 
I would have to make a stop because that's going to be an F a long flight. I'd be right. more inclined to go to New Zealand than Australia. You know, I, I, I don't have a burning desire to go to Australia. I mean, I, I could go either way. I could definitely go either way. But what's I mean, if I want a trip, if I want a trip, I would go. <laughs> if you want a trip, that's <laughs> good. Lord. All expense pay. It costs me no money and only my time. Then I'm down. Where do you want to go? It's just funny because it, there's no reason why this had to be filmed in New Zealand. It kind of looked like it was like the Pacific Northwest or something. Because it was always like foggy. So I don't know. Maybe that's I New Googled Zealand. it. I Googled it because I was like, where is this film? But I guess it's it's filmed in the... What was the other movie we saw? Housebound? Housebound, was, yeah. So it's apparently it's right next door to that. I mean, it's kind of like what we said. This movie gave me serious Sixth Sense vibes because that's basically what yeah. it was. I mean, did Sixth Sense rip off this movie where there's a guy who sees dead people and communicates with them? They're like buddies and chit-chatting with each other. Bah, bah, bah. Um, it doesn't feel, seem all that comfortable with it either, even though these these dudes, his little sidekicks, seem like a buddy seem like they're buddies but at the same time i don't know maybe because his character is an alcoholic who can say well because basically what it is and these ghosts are different than ghosts you've seen in other things because he sees them right. and they're all like kind of shimmery blah 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 however they can unlike the movie ghost they can actively like grab things in the real world and move things around uh but you can't see them and you can't hear them. So you only know they're there because things are floating around the room, essentially. I don't want to think that ghosts are going to grab me. But as we learn in that Legend of Hell House, ghosts can get rapey. Oh, we never watched the Legend of Hell House. We have this discussion no, a thousand I times. Have. <laughs> we haven't seen Put it, it on the list, brother. People have asked us to put the Legend of Hell House on the list. I wasn't sure if you were talking about oh the God. haunting of Hill House or no, House the House of Haunting. The Legend of Hell House. I mean, they're all the same fucking movie. It's just that yeah. one has rapey in it. That's true. That, I have to add true. the I-E. Otherwise, it's just sad and depressing. That, that is, it's no laughing matter, Aaron, in all honesty. No. Stop bringing it I up. do have one thing to share. Jeffrey Please. Combs... Yes. Looks like Colin Farrell at some point during uh, the filming of this. The, I have to say, the Jeffrey Combs FBI agent is the most bizarre. And like, what were they? Th so he's he thinks Michael J. is responsible for these murders. Am I correct? Is that what's right. happening? He thinks I think he's he to blame. Th he's responsible and that he thinks he killed his wife. Right. But at the same time, it's like he knows something else is going on, but just doesn't care. Or there's something else. Well, like, well, does he know the ghosts are there? I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I think there's, we were just, uh, it took me a minute, but I think we're just supposed to think he's nuts. He's nuts. Because he said he's gone undercover with cults many, many times. So that later in the movie, when he... He unmotivatedly rips open his shirt to reveal scars all over his chest. Uh, I think at that point we should say, "Oh, all of your years undercover with with various cults has has addled your brain 
to the point where he's like pulling out Uzis and he shoots Michael J. He pulls out an Uzi and shoots Michael J. Fox at one point. And then and it's also not the first time. There's more than one time he rips off to his shirt to reveal something. Then he like rips it off to reveal he has like some duct tape bulletproof vest another time. Oh, that's right. Yes. Like cause because the, the lead bulletproof vest means what? That the the Grim Reaper can't reach into his heart and stop his heart the way he has so many other Which people. implies, of course. That I think he thinks that Michael J. Fox is causing this through some psychic uh, ability. Okay. He, I, I believe he thinks it's a supernatural thing because basically all these people are dying because it appears their heart is just crunched or something. Right. Something reaches into their chest and squeezes their heart, which is I'm not sure how that looks at an autopsy for them to figure out. Correct. I mean... It's a big muscle. I mean, I can guess you squeeze it, it stops being, you release it. I assumed it would just pop back into shape, but that's apparently correct. that's like, not the like case. Like a beach ball. Isn't that the way it, it works? It just becomes like an old prune or something. It's just all squizzled up there. Well, so I, I believe he thinks that Michael J. Fox is doing that. Right. So the, otherwise, there's, a- there's no reason to have this bulletproof, demon proof chest to call thing. And why couldn't he reach up underneath where his crotch is and go all the way up? Go right Just up go through full the crotch. Arm. Go, go right up through the, whoop, through the other the orifice. And... Absolutely. The only way. Um, <laughs> he, that character was so ridiculous. Like later in the movie, Michael J's got the urn that has the killer's ashes. And he's trying to take it to consecrated ground. In an abandoned insane asylum, there's a still consecrated chapel located. Within. Of course, none of none of that makes sense. First of all, like this dude, this would have been a crime committed in like the fifties. Yes, it's in like a 1930s Hitler's urn, and then when places are decommissioned, so are the chapels. Right. So you might as well just throw it in the middle of I-5. So it's, Please it's do. that consecrated. Please do, what? my friend. Because th- this is a town without churches. Because you couldn't just go to the church and put it in the baptismal font. Can't do it. <laughs> in the baptism. I'm sure the priest would appreciate that, by the way. If you roll it there and just dump some old ashes into the baptismal font. In our story, everyone's always going to a Catholic church. Absolutely. I mean, you can throw it. I mean, how close do you have to be inside the church? What if you went to the parking lot of a church and there's like planters and you just put the ashes there? How, where does the consecration end? At the door or where the land the church owns ends? Can you go to the place where they have like the coffee and donuts after a Sunday service, like the 10 a.m. service, the parish hall and flush them down the toilet? Is it toilet water consecrated? Uh, Somehow I don't think so, if I had to guess. Pope Francis is on Twitter or on X, I guess. It's hard to say that. uh, Shoot him over an X. What are they called? I'm sure. I don't even know. But 
when I get an email, it still has a bird. It still says Twitter, even though it's X. They haven't so, gotten around to changing that shit. Their, their AI is a little, little slow. But, okay, so he has the ashes, and he's trying to get to the, the, the chapel. And the FBI agent takes it and literally says, oh, were you going to take this to consecrated ground? And then he just dumps it out for no reason. It's like, so what do you do? Why would you dump out the ashes? If you know, if you think he's the kid, I can't even speak. I find his motivations Kevin, incomprehensible. Kevin, please. I just want to say you're not wrong. Thank you. Sometimes that's all yeah. I need. So we're, we're going to paint this with a brush that he's just crazy to excuse all his behavior yes. that makes no sense. <laughs> that makes no GD sense. And he Colin Farrell, Jeffrey later. Combs, uh, <laughs> makes no sense. Correct. Yes. So I have to, so the, towards the beginning of the movie, Michael J. Fox like basically goes to funerals and like tries to pass his cars around. Like he's, he says psychic investigator, but really what he claims to be is like a medium like Miss Cleo or somebody, uh, Whoopi Goldberg from Ghost, where it's like he can- I saw a documentary on Miss Cleo. Is she real? Miss Cleo? She's a real person. Uh Oh. She was not not treated fairly though. Poor Miss Cleo. Just trying to make a living. Miss Cleo, back in the 90s, there were were 976 numbers or 1900 numbers that you call in to talk to a psychic and the psychic would say, Hey, Hey, hon, you're about to get a new promotion or Hey, hon, your, your boyfriend's cheating on you, girl. Something along those lines. All right. I called one of those ones on mom's phone and I just asked him a quick question. You know, you could, you could just taste the stretching, the stretching, They're like, sweetie, I'm going to send you something for free. I'm going to send you something for free. And then I just need your your address and all this stuff. Oh my God. By the time they're done writing down my address, asking me to repeat it, and then re- they repeat it back to you. You can just hear ching, 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 ching. Well, how much was it? It was like $3.99 a minute or something. $3.99 a minute. Hello. How can I help you? But now they, they always have, back in the day, in fact, I'm seeing them again, like right. the party lines, the chat lines, where oh, basically right. you're calling in and there's like a hundred people just shouting. Like, it's like the old, this is the Wayback Machine. Like when they used to have like, and maybe this, I, I'm not on Discord, but uh, from what the screaming I can hear out of my son's room it CompuServe have this thing where you're typing in, but there's a right. thousand people typing and it, and the screen is just going. Just so scrolling. you're not sure who's answering you. And it's like a thousand people just shouting. They, they have this on the USA network. You'd have Miss Cleo would be one commercial. Next commercial yeah. would be like, hot girls are waiting to talk to you. Hey, it, what are you doing tomorrow? Are you going to the mall later? Where it's like that kind of thing. Or just like, yeah. who hey, is good calling? looking. Right. <laughs> Who's calling to talk to these? Anyway, good Lord. Oh, yeah. Back it's like something out of Lolita. They're wearing like booty yes. shorts, sucking on a lollipop with r- r- red lipstick, going, hey, we're waiting to talk to you. God. I know it's four in the morning, but I'm just a horny 16 year old. Call me, old man. 
at three ninety nine a minute. And this isn't on <laughs> this isn't on the Playboy Channel or Spice or something. This is on the USA Network. I'm trying to <laughs> Good Lord. Anyway, God help us all. Frighteners. So he would go and people were chasing him off. Oh, he's a big fraud. And you know, he's an amp, what they used to call is an ambulance chaser. Yes. Like these lawyers who would go to the hospital and start passing out their cards. Cause it used to be illegal for lawyers to advertise. So they would like show up, pass out cards. And that's what he's doing basically. Right. Drumming up business. But again, people think he's a fraud because of course, you know, he's claimed yes. I can talk to the dead, blah, blah, blah. So yes. he's driving from the funeral and his business cards fall off his seat. So he's driving and tries to get down and reach for the business cards that have fallen. Who gives a shit if the business cards fall <laughs> off his seat? This isn't like your coffee spilling or something. So needless to say, he spins out of control and smashes into a guy's like front lawn, blows up his uh, white picket fence. Now, my question to you is immediately that night, that guy's house is haunted, right? Mm -hmm. So this was mm -hmm. all his way of getting out of paying for the guy's fence. Am I right? 100%. 100%. Okay. That's the only reason. So he didn't he, get sued. Well, like we said, basically, Michael J can talk to the dead. So he has a couple of like dead ghost henchmen who will go and haunt the house. And then he'll show up like turn on like a transistor radio and then spray holy water around. And then you cut him a check for four fifty, And right. then your house, your house 100%. is basically what it is. It's and a scam -a, a ding dong. Total scam. But the thing about it is, is you got the sense because he kind of threatened his ghosts a couple times, you know, get it together guys. You're not slamming the toilet lid like you're supposed to. I'm going to send you back to the, to the graveyard. If you don't get your shit together. Send you back. Like I'd be like bumping chest going, what you gonna do? What you, what gonna, you gonna do? do? Say, say something else, Michael J. Fox. Say something else. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna but, reach in and squeeze your heart. I'll reach absolutely. over and squeeze your testicle. How about that? Boom. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not funny. <laughs> uh, but that oh, night, it's all fun and games till we start talking testicles. We start squeezing <laughs> my balls. That's it. Um but that night, he, while he's like doing his mumbo jumbo to scare off the ghosts, he notices that the dude, the guy, the owner of the house, like a number appears on his forehead, like 28 yes. or whatever the hell the number is. Kind of a shiny thing that no one else can see but him. Yeah. And then, of course, the next day that dude's dead. And I think there was some backstory like, oh, you know, murders are sweeping through this small town. No one knows what, the, what to make of it. You know, 40 people have been killed in the town of 300, essentially. <laughs> that's that's a big that's a big number, I would argue. Sweet Jesus. So, yeah, for for this mysterious thing where they're perfectly healthy and then they're dead. I'm like, shouldn't the, the government be involved in this? Yes. Well, and that's why the FBI shows up. But they said, of course, they're in most insane FBI agent. To, to deal with the issue. I wonder if this is like an X-Files, if he's like an X-File guy. Is this Fox Mulder? 
Right. I mean, this oh this kind of set the tone. This was early X Files, early six. I started. I started uh, rewatching X Files. Still solid. Gillian Anderson, David Duchovny. I, I watched the first couple of seasons of the X-Files, but eventually and this is kind of, you know, call me a blasphemer, but this is kind of like when I started watching Doctor Who, where it's like, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm kind of less into it, but I want to keep watching. Now it's like, you know, homework for me to keep watching, to keep tuning in. Oh, so then I just oh dear. Well, back in the old days before DVRs, it was very complicated. You don't want to miss that one because they did have some effed up episodes right. or like the weird family. There was like a mom that rolled out from under the bed. She had no lips. Oh my <laughs> God. F- there was some effed up, effed up episodes. You're like, oh shit. It's not all about aliens. That is sad but true. There was a moment in this movie where one of the ghosts, evidently they, they he doesn't want the ghosts to ride in the car with them. They have to sit in the trunk because I guess they smear ectoplasm all over everything that they touch. Is that what's coming out of their nose? Perhaps. Um, and one of them gets out and says literally, oh, I'm suffering from motion sickness. Really? You're dead. And he like, and he's, and he's vomiting. And he's throwing up. He's throwing up. Like, again, this is all meant to be kind of wacky Pee Wee's Playhouse stuff. But there's moments where it's like they he gets sprayed in the face with something. The guy's face basically melts off for a second. These were kind of upsetting moments. If you're a kid Why watching this. Yeah. I don't think this bothered. is a kid show. I don't think this is a kid show. Uh, but why can't the ghost fly? Well, the one dude, the Grim Reaper, kind of floats around. And yes, does some shit like a know. rocket, or he hops like a frog. One or the other. <laughs> one or the other, absolutely. Or he hops like a frog. No question. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Um, well, we discover we discover that Michael J. Fox um, was in a car accident and his wife was killed. Correct. And that and during that accident. This where he developed his psychic powers, but he's also blamed for the death of his wife. Only now right. we discover that it was not him that caused the accident, but the dastardly couple of Busey versus old woman. <laughs> well, yes. Well, then that's we meet the the old we meet D Wallace. From E.T. early and uh, oh my God, was that D. Wallace? Yes, it was. I've got you her with long, long hair. With you know, oh my howling, God, um, uh, not a big uh, fan of the howling. Oh, shut your! No, I'm not out. solid. I'm not that keen on the Wolfman. I mean, I'll give you American Werewolf in London, but that protracted scene of him fucking turning into werewolf, if it takes you 25 minutes, like I got to just stand there and watch you before you rip my throat out, I- I'm just going to go ahead and leave. How about that? There's <laughs> deuces. I'm out. Deuces. I'm like, you look F up. I'm going to call Jeffrey Combs of the FBI to come and investigate this. But so, Okay. We we meet Dee Wallace, and evidently, as a teenager, she was in. She got involved with the wrong guy, who went on a shooting spree at the hospital, which is kind of upsetting by a modern sensibility. 
Because in 94, this is it, it wasn't so common as to be upsetting. Now it seems like this is this happens all the time in America, I'm sad to say. Well, I mean, this was happening in the 50s, these killing sprees. We like to think we invented violence right now. And maybe it ha- it's happening more, but it's not like we, in this idyllic period of the past, nothing ever went wrong. No, but it's, it's, a, it's ubiquitous now, is the thing about it. I mean, the, the, the number of mass shootings in America is, is shocking. So to see this scene... In 94, it went right, well, like, oh, well, you know, violence happens in movies all the time. Now to watch it with modern eyes, I was like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was, this was like you said, this was based on real events where it's kind of an older guy kind of seduces a younger girl and they go on crime sprees together, like a Bonnie and Clyde, but much, much more horrible. Right. You know, and she but, and, really seemed to enjoy it. I mean, basically, they made them straight up crazy, so we didn't have to tr- have to understand them or try to figure them out. They're both just a couple of nutballs, right? Well, the thing you were supposed to think is that she was kind of a Patty Hearst kind of situation, where it's just like, oh, it wasn't really me; it was my mean boyfriend who did all this shit. I just was there with him because I was too afraid. To, to That's leave. how she escaped the death chamber, but then it's revealed that she's into right. it. Well, and that's the thing, because the mom, the, the woman's older mom is like, no, she who, can't go outside. Who, I have to say, looked like uh, Gary Oldman in Nosferatu. Yes. <laughs> not, in, not in Nosferatu, but yes, in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes. I've crossed oceans to be with you. Is Gary with us right now? That's I, I'm chatting. My spotty, my, my Gary senses are tingling. <laughs> yes, you're crazy. So she, the older mother is from Marion, like, my daughter's not well, leave her alone. Even though she seems very sweet, of course, it's revealed in the end that she is a stone cold psychopath as well. And So the question is, what triggers this explosion? If this has quietly been going on forever, what is triggering it to just explode like they, right now? They said in a total throwaway line at the end of the movie, the sheriff rolls and says, hey, we checked out that house and found a room full of Ouija boards. Like somehow suggesting that she she started using Ouija boards to c- connect. Because again, she can see her ghost boyfriend. Right. She can interact like she's Michael J, which no one else can. So So the question is, I assume that since he got fried, they had been in communication the whole time because she's been knocking off people for years. I see, I don't think so. I, I think Well, they, she killed Michael J. Fox. They, they they killed Michael J. Fox's wife. She was there carving the Oh, that's the, true. That was Remember yeah. that? That was uh, I mean, what did they say? It was that three was years a couple ago? of years ago. Yeah. yeah. So th- this is they've been together for at least three years. No, you're right. You're right. So, yeah, you're right. So, we, so No she, one knows. She conjured him back and he kills. He reaches in their heart. But she was the one as a real live person who was who carved a number with the exacto knife or whatever it was. Right. Uh, in in the in Michael J. Fox's uh 
dead wife's forehead to establish because he's trying to break the record of most people killed by a serial killer, I guess, is, is very important to him. Right. And but then he's also throwing out contemporary people, people who wouldn't have been alive like right. when when he was alive. So is he keeping up on the literature or what? Yes. Yes, he is, as a matter of fact. <laughs> is he on that that CompuServe chat bot thing? <laughs> as I said, the tone is is all over the place on this. Because you're right, it's like people there's a lot of scary stuff where it's like the, the Grim Reaper character kind of comes through the wall, kind of makes a scary face, and he reaches in into their hearts because people can't see them. They just think they're having a heart attack or something. Right. Um, but of course, two times in a row, Michael J. Fox is in the wrong place at the wrong time. And of course, is the only witness and he's running from the scene. So the cops are like, and what's funny is the cops are not even that convinced. His buddy, the sheriff, is just like, oh, that, that's not him. That's not. Yeah, 100% convinced. I mean, sometimes it pays to be from a small town. I guess. They're like, yeah, I gained him. If that was L.A., well, after they beat you, and, and they would have dragged you off. <laughs> after they beat you to death, they would definitely handcuff you. No question. <laughs> Sweet Lord. Um, and then there's the moment where it's like he meets the widow for dinner, Michael J. meets the widow for dinner at like some kind of medieval times <laughs> restaurant. Oh what was the purpose of that? And, is- and her husband had a runny nose too. We all have post-nasal drip in the afterlife. That sounds terrible. Yes. yes. And the Grim Reaper who can kill real people by reaching into their uh, chests and squeezing their hearts. He can also kill other ghosts. He goes around, he uh, he chops the judge in half with his scythe. Uh, he kills uh, Stuart, the, the friendly ghost. He kills the, the husband ghost. Yeah. So he's killing fool, like killing people who are already dead. That's serious. And so. once again, is that in like the Beetleju- Beetlejuice book? Uh, handbook, handbook for, for the, the recently, recently deceased. deceased. <laughs> <laughs> It's all in there. There was there was a moment, a particularly disturbing moment. They're at the uh, museum where somebody has recently died. And the sheriff, I keep saying the sheriff, the judge ghost shows up and starts shooting the evil Grim Reaper ghost. Boom, boom, boom. And thinks that he's succeeded. And to celebrate, he jumps into an Egyptian sarcophagus and oh, yeah. proceeds to have sex with the corpse. With the I mommy. I didn't care for that. I didn't and he care says, he it's says nasty. something like, and she stayed, she was so still just the way I like it. Or made some, <laughs> it was very it was upsetting. Very, it was very creepy. It was very, very I was like, uh, I, don't, I don't need to see. Now you're telling me it's Gomez Adams humping it's away. It's Gomez Adams. <laughs> very upsetting. Now I, I want you to notice this. So three Wait. years before, when Michael J. Fox is in the fight with his wife yes. before before the car accident, he had long hair. He was clearly Eric Stoltz. Did you did you notice that? I noticed he had long hair. I didn't make the Eric Stoltz connection. He, he looked exactly like Eric Stoltz. It was it was very strange. I was like, what the heck? He had he had bizarrely long hair. For the it was a, clearly a terrible wig. Yeah, terrible wig. And the fight they were having. 
is he's building a house because he was a successful architect uh, for his wife. And his wife wanted to have a flower garden of some sort. And he instead paved it over to put in a basketball court. All five foot two of Michael J wanted to have a basketball court. He kind of got one of those little little tyke ones and then you just put it in the garage when you're done. Pretty much. It's a sad we're situation. All going, we're all going to hell tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of a dick move. Kind of a dick move. So they argued and that's why people thought that if you argue with your wife and she winds up dead, you must be the murderer. That's so be careful. So be careful. So mind your tone with me is what I say. Mind your tone. I like that because let me tell you what is not cool. Uh, happy wife, happy life. That just makes my, my toes curl under. That sounds so pussified and so creepy. Uh, but yeah, mind your fucking tone, son of a bitch. How's that for a tone? <laughs> you sound like Bill Maher, because I remember him saying something similar to that on, on one of his shows. <laughs> oh, no. That. What? I hate that. Yeah. That's okay, because you know what? I'm starting to hate Bill Maher. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what the, the F he's saying half the time. It, it's like, really? Not, uh, between the COVID shit and and the the constant banging on the Biden drum, I'm like, dude, you just sound like a grumpy old fucked up man. I'm so tired of hearing you moan. <laughs> I, I don't disagree. Any there last thoughts go. of the Frighteners when we go behind the scenes? I, I, I have to say, one, Wait, I, I thought it was weird that Jeffrey Combs, because I was like... There is this movie with Colin Farrell, who I swear to you has the Jeffrey Combs haircuts. So I had to Google it while I like pause the movie. I was yep. like, Jeffrey Combs slash Colin Farrell? Who'd Twins? ever put that together? To a separated at birth? <laughs> well, clearly they make, share the same make, DNA. Make, make sure you look it. that up and post that onto our, our uh, for our Patreon listeners. They'll appreciate it, I'm sure. <laughs> Let's go behind the scene, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, it was during filming on the, uh, this on location in New Zealand that Michael J. Fox made up his mind that he'd had enough of being away from his family making movies and decided to head back to the small screen and star in the new sitcom, Spin City. So this turned out to be his last leading role in a film. Like and you, you know what? I support that. I mean, he could have done films in freaking L.A., but uh, it doesn't all have to be. But I also read something about Mandy Matinkin, and, and that's why he left whatever the F doctor show. Remember when he was on that doctor show? Yeah, he was on uh, Chicago Hope. He was on Chicago Hope, and one of his kids said something shitty like, you know, you're always gone. You care more right. about that. Some, some jib job like that. And so then he was out. So I appreciate people putting family first. It's well, Mandy Patinkin's a funny case. My uh, my daughter Grace used to love that show, Criminal Minds. I think it's on Netflix now. And originally, it was a Mandy Patinkin vehicle where they are FBI people who go after serial killers. And he said after doing that for a couple of years, it was so upsetting to him that he had to quit the show because every week they're investigating some murder or rape, you know, like somebody like kidnapping a family. And he's just like, I can't. I can't 
I have my brain in this every week for you well. Know, half I mean, the he year. was in Homeland. That was another gut twister. It's true, you know. I but I gotta tell you, he saw it. I was before you came on. I was watching Impromptu. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever saw that with with our beloved Julian Sands, but he's in it too. And a uh, young Mandy Patinkin. And, you know, I got to tell you, he brings it. He's 150 years old. He can still show up and knock our boots off. You can't, can't uh, doubt old Mandy, let me you, tell you. You, can, you cannot deny Mandy Patinkin. You can't. What, if he's doing it, he's doing it right. Uh, Michael J. Fox repeatedly blew his lines by calling the judge Doc. Which was the name of Chris uh, character in Back to the Future? That, oh, on, I don't know bro. why you still leave that in there. That's kind of funny, though. Might as well. The film was originally made to be PG thirteen. However, the MPAA thought the film was too intense for the rating and gave it an R. And no matter that wasn't how the much, humping. It was the humping. It was the necrophilia. No matter how much Peter Jackson would edit the movie to try to get a desired rating, the ratings board would keep it at R, including citing some reasons like a door was shot by a gun too many times. So Jackson, being angry that he toned himself down for nothing, changed a death scene in the movie to be more graphic. And that's the scene where the guy gets his head blown off at the end. He he makes that more gross. So I remember it being being impressed with the creature coming through the walls and the wallpaper at the time. Absolutely. I remember that being uh, like creepy. I'm like, I don't want that to happen. No, it is if I'm creepy. in a room, I don't want anyone doing that. <laughs> um, this was going to be like an episode of uh, tales from the crypt, but Robert Zemeckis liked this, the story enough that he was like, I'm going to flesh it out. Uh, to make it a feature length movie. Now he didn't direct this, but he like produced it and kind of guided it. And he was the one who actually found uh, Peter Jackson. Prior to this, Peter Jackson had done a movie called Heavenly Creatures with Kate Winslet in '94. Oh, I saw that. That was good. And people what, the loved two it. girls who the two girls that killed their parents so they could be together. Right. So people loved it, and that kind of kick-started his Hollywood career. Danny oh, Elfman yeah. was so impressed with Heavenly Creatures, he offered to do the score for Jackson's movies and agreed to do this without even knowing what it was about. So I'm just going to say that this is not on the same level as Heavenly Creatures. Some would argue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out and risk that. <laughs> there was, uh, they were riding the part of a drill sergeant for the graveyard, and it was meant to be a spoof of Arlie Ermey's character in Full Metal Jacket, but eventually they just hired Arlie Ermey to play the exact you know, same like, role. Let's just, let's just get him, because everybody loves him. Everybody Absolutely. loves him. He's great. Although I'm still psychologically scarred by Full Metal Jacket. As and I can be. never... And I, honestly, I think it made uh, What's-His-Face lose his mind, so... No shockers. Uh, it was Jeffrey Combs who suggested the Adolf Hitler-inspired haircut for his character. Of course it was. <laughs> and he also suggested two ear appliances to make his ears stick out quite comically. And he suggested several of the chest tattoos. So. And I did write down that when he does expose his chest plate, he did go to the trouble to add nipples to it. I got to. 
got to. Like those Batman movies uh, in the late 90s, the uh, Joel Schumacher, where it was like close-ups on like the, the bat ass and close-up on the bat nipples. And oh, yeah. Serious. Well, why, well, why, then why stop there? Is he circumcised? Is he not? Can we just have an outline of that too? <laughs> I don't think it's too much to ask. <laughs> oh, goodness. Let's talk about the cast and crew, shall we? All righty. Uh, written and directed by Peter Jackson. You know him from such things as Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. He was a producer. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> he did a movie called Bad Taste in 1987. And he did a 2005 King Kong. There That's nothing to brag about. What's bad taste? Is that about, uh, what's his name? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. Fox played Frank Bannister. You know him from such things as Back to the Future, Back to the yep. Future 2, Spin yep. City for 103 episodes. Yeah. And of course, 1996's The Frighteners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trini Alvarado played Lucy Linsky, who we didn't even talk about at all. She was the the widow of the guy, basically the love interest in the movie. She was very cute. She looked very familiar. She had a few moments there in the early 90s. She was in Little Women in 1994 with uh, uh, Winona Ryder and uh God, I hate Dunst. Winona Ryder. Oh, very Go ahead. Upsetting. She was in Stella uh, in 1990 with... Uh, Stella! I think it was with Cher. Am I remembering this? Maybe Stella? not. Stella? Or Bette Midler. Bette Midler. That's who it's with. All right. Uh, and in 2022, she was in five episodes of The Staircase. And of course... Oh! Oh, I did see that. The documentary or the the movie with... Uh, with uh, uh, Pride and Prejudice. I don't know. Okay. Peter Peter Dobson played Ray Linsky, the husband who gets killed early on in the movie. You know him from Forrest Gump. He played young Elvis Presley. Oh, in, yeah, yeah. He was in uh, The Demo in 2016. King in 2021. And no. Three Days in Malay in 2023. Three days of malaise is what it sounds like. Oh, very upsetting. Uh, John Astin played the judge. You know him from such things as The Frighteners. Mm -hmm. 64 episodes of The Addams Family as Gomez Addams. And he Um, shot Astin's father. Sean Astin. Mackenzie Astin. I don't Uh, know who this Mackenzie is. In 1962, That Touch of Mink. 1972, Evil Roy Slade. He was married to uh, Patty Duke for about five minutes there. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Jeffrey Combs played insane FBI agent Milton Dammers. You know him from such things as The Frighteners. Reanimator in 1985. He was in 2012's Would You Rather. Not familiar. He was in 32 episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, playing a variety of characters. I did not wa- really watch Deep Space Nine. I was more Next Generation. D. Wallace. That's the one. That was the one with uh, Whoopi Goldberg. No, that was Next Generation. What? Are you sure? I well, thought she might she have was been on, on both. The... She was definitely on Next Generation, though. I thought you know, she was the bartender, right? Yeah, Guinan. 
Uh, D. Wallace. That sounds more like Jainan. Go ahead. <laughs> I was not going to make that connection. My name's Jaina. Wallace... <laughs> she was uh, in E.T. the Extraterrestrial in 1982. She was in Cujo, 1983. Yep. The Howling, 1981. Critters, 1986. Hills Have Eyes. The list goes on and on and on. Wait. She was in the old Hills Have Eyes? She was in or the original. the new Hills Have Eyes? The original. Was she? Yeah, she Baby was the mom. Fat, fat, you fat, fat and juicy. That was her baby. Yeah. Uh, Jake Busey played Johnny Bartlett, famously Gary Busey's son. You know him from Starship Troopers in 97. The Frighteners That's one of your favorites. Stranger Things, five episodes, 2019. Huh. Yeah. He's kicking it around still. And five episodes of something called L.A.'s Finest. You know, don't you? No. 2019. I think that's about it. Should we talk about the rating? Uh, I just have one more interesting tidbit. The closing Please. song is Sonic Youth singing the Carpenters cover Superstar. Don't you remember I told you, you come me, baby. baby. It's like, it's, fantastic. it's like you want to kill yourself while you're listening to it. It's the Makes most depressing sense. version. Yep. Karen Carpenter had quite a few depressing songs, by the way. But Sonic, Sonic Youth really doubled down. Oh, yeah. No one ever cared if I live or die. Time and time again. Yep. She had a great I, voice. Though. I was listening to that song. It was just on the radio. Becky's like, can we turn this? <laughs> she was you're like, car off a cliff or something. Anyway. No, no, no. That, that's a, with that comment, you should have demanded some kind of marriage counseling because there's something wrong. <laughs> Who would ever say such a thing? Anyway, Frighteners, currently 67% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. See, you, I just, I, I just find that so low. Do you know what the audience gave it? What did the audience give it? Seventy-one. Boom. I mean, at least <laughs> it's a C. I, I was having a conversation with one of my uh, my students today, who was like, "What's what's that uh, that movie score thing you always talk about?" I said, "Rotten Tomatoes." He's like, "Look at Five Nights at Freddy." I was like, "Dude, it's got a 30. He's like, but what does the audience say, Ms. D? I'm like, oh, Jesus, 86. <laughs> well, it, that's fair. That's fair in the sense, like, you want to know what people who would be inclined to see it, what they thought of it. You know what I mean? The intended audience. What, does the intended audience appreciate it or not? You know what I mean? Something to think Well, then about. there should then be, like, with an asterisk. And tell me who that intended audience is. Is it uh, 12 to 15 year old boys yes. who 30 year old incels, you know, yes. what, what is that intended audience? That's a good question. As Gene you can see, Siskel. I haven't, I have not rushed out to see it. FYI. Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune says, Michael J. Fox seems to be trying to get hip in the movies and he's lost <laughs> his way. Too trying to get hip. Too hip to be square. <laughs> Janet Maslin of the New York Times says, the actors can't keep the film's mood from verging on hysteria as the story roams all over the map. 
The Frighteners has flitted everywhere, even to heaven and hell before it's over. Two out of five. Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. Incredible the amount of work that went to the fr- went into the Frighteners and appalling. One out of four. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> what is your rating of the Frighteners? Well, you know, I'm just going to give it the standard rating. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I've i only ever seen it on TV, and that's all you need. It doesn't need to be in the IMAX with whatever Dolby with the shaking seats, or yeah. you don't need to see it, the sphere in Las Vegas, you know, after YouTube clears out. Fair uh, it is a solid three out of five. Uh, ghosts with just blazing sinus issues. And I, if that's heaven, I'm going to live forever. I mean, I don't care if my nose is running down. I just don't want to see everybody else's. I understand that. I understand that. I, I did not hate it. I did not hate it. But I do think the tone is all over the freaking place. And I thought the kind of particularly zany moments were a little bit too childish for me to appreciate like all the ghost, like the friendly ghost stuff. I just found annoying. Truly. Um, Casper, Casper, the friendly ghost, the no. friendliest ghost, you know, you I, know. Give it, I give it, I give it 2.5. Ooh. Out of five. Uh, Michael J's crazy mullet. In the flashback Ooh, for no reason. Unmotivated. That's a hard hit from you, man. You are Mr. Three. I, I'm Mr. Three. And no you're hardcore Jeffrey Combs on top of that. I, I told you, I found his work utterly incomprehensible. It might as well that's have been a That's what made it so head. good. <laughs> <laughs> what if they remade Eraserhead with Jeffrey Combs with his curtain, current outfit, including the nipple plate, uh, would you like a racer head more or less at that point? Uh, probably about the same. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> any last thoughts, Aaron? Sweet Jesus! Nah, I've seen I've seen this about a hundred times, so it, it's all it's all rote at this point. So, thank you very much. Go to our pages on, we're on X, we're on Threads, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on Facebook. You can all, oh, and we're on YouTube. You could be watching us as we speak. Um, no, because we we're not live. But they could be watching another video while we're recording. You never know. You don't know what they're doing. All right. You they don't know peeking me. through my window. You don't know what they're doing. <laughs> uh, you can also email us at the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. Gmail. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere the finer podcasts are available. So don't forget to like, share, rate, and review. Won't you? Won't you? Aaron, what is your social media situation? So much media. So much media. I'm so much media, I'm exhausted. I say F you, TikTok. <laughs> Stealing my life, you bastards. <laughs> you bastard. Uh, I, I'm on various things. I'm on Instagram. I'm the Cult of Aaron. I'm don't don't feed the pigeon. I'm the Cult of Aaron on Threads. Uh, professionally, I'm on first first dibs and artsy Aaron Doherty. Shipping for Christmas. 
No Black Friday deals. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. As you know, we like to include, you know, viewer, listener, male comments, things like that. So here we go. Comments only from males? Only from males. That's a rule. I didn't mention this earlier. Uh, Talking about our old episode, The Void. William James said, oh, I love this movie. It's become a sort of comfort watch. A bunch of my favorite subgenres in one goofy movie. So there you go. And my comment was, I don't even remember what happened. I just kept thinking. Oh, the slot monsters. That needed to be (laughs) voided. There's a lot of voiding going on. (laughs) A lot of voiding in the void. Absolutely. Next week, we're going to be discussing a movie I'm shocked we haven't discussed up till now. People Under the Stairs, Wes Craven classic, for goodness sake. And I saw this at the motherfucking theater. I want to to share that, and I'm so angry because I was just going to watch it tonight because it's been on my DVR for like three years, and I go to watch it. I only have the last 15 minutes recorded for some reason. (laughs) Thank you, Amazon. So I guess I'll be throwing down another. I'm sure it's $15 to watch it now. But I do remember uh, enjoying it. Let's see. We'll have to wait and see. We'll see. We'll see. No promises. If you want to watch The People Under the Stairs, you can watch it with ads on Tubi. So there you go. That that would be the place. Will it also be in Italian? (laughs) It might be in Italian with no subtitles. It's also on AMC Plus if you have that subscription. Otherwise, you may have to pay full freight or watch it with ads. So, such is life. Send in any favorite scenes, favorite quotes, comments, and questions, and we may talk about it on the show. So, thank you very much, and be well! Be well, my children.